This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. In this weekly show, the Husker Online team will give you the latest insight on Husker football, basketball, baseball, and of course, recruiting. Now, here's your host, Husker Online publisher, Sean Callahan. Hello here and welcome again to another edition of the Husker Online show. Happy summer solstice, boys. Longest day of the year. 16 hours of sunlight. Hope you're going to enjoy the long day, Steve That means the first day of summer, Rob. Yeah. Feels like the longest June I've ever had, too. This is crazy when you think about it. still like 10 days left in June. I know. This is wild. Like, just how much has happened in the month of June. This is supposed to be our boring time when we're, like, scrambling to come up with just filler content. No need for that this year. You know, the earth earth tilt was such at 10 a.m. that there was maximum exposure to the sun. Thank you, Dr. Google. I heard it on I heard it on the radio, Sean. The Earth's tilt. They probably got it off Google. The Earth's tilt maximized maximized sun exposure at 10 a.m. 10 a.m. was as bright as it'll it'll get throughout the calendar year. Interesting. Yeah. (laughs) Write a column on that. See how many hits it gets. The more you know. Well, zero for eight double header, as you would call it. (laughs) When I write a bad column. You, when it doesn't get many hits, Sean calls it an 0 for 8 doubleheader. Yeah. Where you work hard, you grind it yeah. out, and you had one. You're a no show. This, we won't get into what it was, but it, on the look, it seemed like a great one. Great it, idea. It, it was like it was 2,000 flat. views. It was, and Sean gave me the, God, I hate to tell you, buddy, but that was an 0 for 8 doubleheader. Baseball <laughs> analogy, if you're not familiar. Um, but um, Nebraska, guys, on a run of yeah. commits, and it's interesting when you look at at kind of how things have played out. Um, Landon Davidson, the latest one, Donovan Jones, we're expecting to happen. We're taping this show Wednesday. We think that's gonna his commit's going to happen sometime today. So if you count Donovan Jones into that mix, they've had six commits since June 11th. All six took part in Nebraska's camp. All six were offered their scholarships at Nebraska's camp. All six... Uh, Camden Coe did not take his official visit, but the other group all took an official visit. They're all committed. It has been a different approach for Nebraska with how they've recruited and how they've built this month of June, how they've built this class. In fact, I don't think we've ever seen it like this before where this much emphasis is put on the camps. I mean, it almost reminds you back in like the 90s uh, when I was in high school. I remember kids would, you know, everybody would go to the, the Tom Osborne Husker football camp or the Frank Solich Husker football school. And you would go down there and work out and then you get offered by Osborne or Solich and you would commit. I mean, <laughs> this is what it feels like with how Nebraska has built this class over this month of June. Yeah. And those camps, they, I mean, there's serious evaluation going on. We've seen it. We've seen it our, with our own eyes, Robin, Sean, myself, Abby. Um, you see, you see literally kids getting timed into 40 by the head coach. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's intense. I mean, it's, it is, that's what strikes me about it. Like if, if Matt rule, if you're a kid and Matt rule calls you over and he has a stopwatch in his hand and says, run a 40, there's some pressure in that. And and, and I, I'm supposed the coaches want to see that too. How's he respond to that? Mm-hmm. And these kids that have gotten offers, obviously, obviously and responded well. Head coaches aren't always present huh. at the camps. I mean, I, I could, I mean, Scott Frost, 
would kind of come down at the very end of camps, make a speech. You know, he wore, he ran like a when Donovan Riola was there, Dylan Riola was there. He ran his workout for him. Um, that was the most involved in five years that I saw Scott Frost at camp. But like Lane Kiffin, I was at a satellite camp where there were countless D1 type level kids on his campus working out at FAU, and Lane Kiffin showed up. It appeared to be hung over with sunglasses on. Easy. <laughs> well, I know he went out on his boat with the Adidas representatives the night before, hung out, and you know he'd come in and make one lap around the camp and then go back up to his office. Did, wasn't he roped off from the media? Yeah, he could. He, he was the ropes. You kind of would think, like at FAU, Lane Kiffin at a camp would be like, "Hey, what's up, Lane?" I mean, he wasn't as a he wasn't that approachable. Like you couldn't just go up to Lane Kiffin. Now Monty, you need a ticket for the Lane train. When uh, Monty, his father, um, when we told him we were from off. Nebraska, <laughs> yes. he talked our ear off every time we'd go down there. Really? Anyway, this, this approach is certainly interesting. Different. I mean, what, what you're seeing is offers to kids who don't have a lot of offers mm-hmm. or don't have a lot of high-profile offers. I mean, Donovan Jones. For different reasons. Yeah, yeah it's not. I mean, I'm not, I'm not being judgmental here. They just don't have a lot of offers. Donovan Jones you mentioned Wyoming and South Dakota are his most prestigious offers. Braylon Prude, it was Lindenwood in Eastern Illinois. Now what that shows is, is it shows Matt Rule's staff is very confident in their own evaluation abilities. And when Sean talks about this being a different approach, Rob, you know what? I think most people know what he's talking about. For a lot of years, it was, it felt like, if there wasn't four or three stars attached, high mm-hmm. three stars, then don't bother. Mm-hmm. Um, and these guys don't care. They don't seem to care at all. Not that they're not going after high-profile players, because they are. They're going after them, too. But the camp thing has been kind of a separate separate approach. Well, this was recruiting pre-internet. Like Fans now kind of think they have it all figured out because recruiting is more trackable. Right. Um, and, and right. It, you know, I wrote this this week in our chat. I mean, Nebraska for the last 15 or 20 years has tried to find the prettiest three-star or maybe a four-star guy with some flaws that a place like Florida or California lets out of their state for whatever reason. And those are the guys they've been getting here. And has it worked? Not really, no. I mean, a sustainable level has not worked. No. Not really. So what's jumped out to me what? is I think Brian Munson counted there's been 18 offers that have come directly from in-person evaluation at these camps. That's right, Rob. And like you said, a grand or a big majority of them are guys that uh, are under the radar, to say the least. So what's stood out to me is the emphasis on those in-person evaluations and how much of a, mm-hmm. a priority seeing these guys in person with the, from the staff with their own eyes and evaluating them for themselves – not just what recruiting service scouts or whatever think about them. It's what, what, what do they think about them? Right. The other thing is they don't care about positions. Like, I know there's been a lot of kind of hand-wringing about the number of defensive backs that have been offered. Six. Just because a de- they're a defensive back in high school, that doesn't mean they're going to be a defensive back in Nebraska. Right. And I think we've already seen these. this staff has a formula, and they don't look at a, what a player is now and say, what this player is now, how is it going to fit into what we're doing? It's what is this player going to be? in two or three years after we get them in our program, develop them, get them stronger, bigger, faster. I think, so that is a different thing to where you don't necessarily look at, well, they have this many D line, they have this many linebackers, Mm -hmm. this many defensive backs. I think you look at them as they're all kind of athletes at this point. And once they get on campus, that's when they eventually find their true home at Nebraska. And the thing with the formula that's important is 
is the measurables, the testing. And, he, and here's a look. I just want to kind of okay. fire through starting at Camden Cook to kind of give you an idea of the run that they're on here with these camps. Uh, Camden Cook came to the punter kickers camp. Nebraska kind of knew he had some ability. Then they watched him punt. No brainer. They offered him. Um, and, you know, you got to get at fully coached special teams for the Carolina Panthers for the last few years. He obviously knows what good punters look like because he's been at the highest level the last few years coaching them. Um, no brainer. Braylon Prude was in Houston. We watched that offer play out yeah, right in front of us. Yeah. Then he took his official visit. I mean, it happened quick. He got his offer. Steve, we're back at the hotel riding in that lounge in the Houston airport Marriott. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm visiting Nebraska. I mean, it was, that, that's how quick they moved that one. And then he committed. Mm-hmm. Jake Peters comes to camp, three sport athlete at Iowa. Cedar Falls, Iowa kid, explosive. He Now, Munson has a great theory that this could end up being a D-lineman as well as an O-line. He's got the potential to play both. Uh, Callan Barta out of Topeka, Kansas, played on the state championship 5A Kansas high school basketball team as a sophomore. Uh, Seaman not known for football, mm-hmm. uh, but athletically got great numbers, great. Um, you know, he's very, very explosive kid. They, they were very impressed with him. Evan Taylor visited. Now, this was not a camp offer, Evan Taylor. Um, he visited campus, though, and they offered him, got him on, and he committed. And then Landon Davidson was a camp offer out of Colorado. So that's kind of a, a good snapshot. And we, on every new commit they get, we do a breakdown like this to kind of timeline, you know, what's going on. And, and I, I'm big on the dates because you can kind of see the runs that mm-hmm. happen in recruiting. There's always kind of a little spring run. Then there's always a June run, and then there's going to be a December type of run, probably more than likely. June run not over. Um, June run far, far. From, I mean, mm-hmm. that 14 could be pushing 20 by our show next week. Okay, interesting. Back to the DB thing that Robin referred to. They have, they have six. Well, if, if Donovan Jones verbally commits, that would be six DBs in this class. Now, I agree with Robin. I mean, some of those guys. Some of those guys will end up being player playing closer to the line of scrimmage, maybe linebackers. Um, who knows what they're going to play? But right now, six. Sean, how many? How many more could they go? Well, I can tell you, um, Rex Guthrie out of Colorado, right, who was offered this week at camp. They love him. He's visiting this weekend. He's a twenty twenty four, and I believe they will take Rex Guthrie this weekend too. So. He- yeah, he's another example of an under the radar. His other his other offers, committable offers, are Wyoming and Penn. They don't. The staff doesn't care. And Rex Guthrie um, had 120 tackles, but he he runs four five. 120 tackles is a bit good number. He by runs the way. four five. You know, somebody I was talking to over there said at the camp he just had like snot bubbles and he was just. I mean, they loved his intensity, the way he. I mean, Do that just. <laughs> I mean, I just gift myself, but yeah, he did. That's okay. Twice. I just made myself a gift. Yeah, but no, I got you, Sean. Uh, that there, would be seven. Rex Guthrie. That that would be number seven. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, and so like with that, I mean, you're talking about safeties, you're talking about rovers, corners, field corners, boundary corners. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so like a DB can mean like seven different things, especially in Tony White's defense with how versatile it is. Rover is another, yeah, another position that's added back there now. I mean, come on, it's a three-three-five, and it's, it's sort of self-explanatory. Forty-five percent of the players are on the back end. Yeah, yeah, five defensive backs all the time. You know, so. All right. Well. We're going to continue this conversation. When we come back, a lot of development on the in-state front, particularly at Bellevue West. 
Hmm. Uh, that story has taken quite a turn over the last week. We're going to talk about that with Davon Hall, Isaiah McMorris, and that next. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple, Robin <coughs> Washett as uh, taking you through the back end of the month of June here. This is a big week, guys. It's the final week of the recruiting summer period. Then things go dead. There is one week in late July you're allowed to bring visitors in. Um, and, and that's a hit and miss week for a lot of programs. So really, Sunday is kind of when everyone's out of the office and on their vacations. But this weekend, there's a lot going on. Uh, Nebraska, I think, expected around 14 official visitors. Then they hosted three or four more during the middle of the week. So it's been a near 20 visitor week. Uh, but the big development is at Bellevue West. Obviously, Isaiah McMorris, Daniel Kalen were going to visit Nebraska all along this weekend. <coughs> Davon Hall, that story has kind of swung back and forth. He was set up to come to Nebraska, but said he was going to go camp at Tennessee. And then he goes to camp at Tennessee, runs 22 miles per hour, by the way. They time miles per hour there. That would be the second fastest time on the Vol roster right now, according to Austin Price of On3VolQuest.com, and doesn't get an offer. Oh, he didn't get an offer. For two weeks. Then it didn't look like Nebraska was going to take Davon Hall. So Davon Hall, last Friday, goes to Kansas State, visits Kansas State. Davon Hall's father is at the Nebraska camp with the younger son watching him compete at Nebraska's camp. Somewhere on that Friday, he crossed paths with Matt Rule, talked to the staff, and things have kind of taken a turn where all of a sudden K-State maybe was going to get Davon Hall. Now, all of a sudden, his situation at Nebraska appears to have come back. But in the meantime, Tennessee came in with an offer when the Nebraska thing came back around. But I think Tennessee might have been too late. If Tennessee offered Davon Hall a week ago, they have the guy. He's theirs. Davon Hall, 6'2", 190. Offered as a freshman in high school by Scott Frost's Mm -hmm. staff. 62 catches last season, 974 yards, 11 TDs. Now, he has run a 10-6-2. And he's like um, a 6'11", 6'10", high jumper. Oh, boy. 6'11". <laughs> is he really 6'11"? Yeah, 6'10", I think. 6'10". God. 10'6", 6'11". This, is, this, would be, this would be a sizable get. And, an, and, and it has been an interesting recruiting story. Kansas State must have thought, what, what is going on? How, how could we get this kid right now? Well, he, he hadn't returned their calls for two years. <laughs> And Iowa was in the same boat, the communication yeah. with Iowa. I yeah. mean, I think Davon Hall, in his heart and thought, in his mind, thought that he was going to go to the SEC. SEC. A&M, Mississippi, Arkansas, possibly Tennessee. I think you find out real fast how the recruiting process works. There are offers, and then there are committable offers. And not all offers are created the same. An offer might just mean an invite to kind of come to the party. Yeah. Doesn't mean you're going to get asked to join the party, right. join the team. Right. And, you know, he was trying to communicate with a lot of these SEC teams and he wasn't getting any correspondence back from them. Then all of a sudden he had nothing. Yeah. And that's when he goes down to Kansas State. Then things have taken a turn with Nebraska and then Tennessee comes in. I mean, recruiting guys is nuts. Yeah, it is. But this, what's not, what's very evident is that Davon Hall can play. Um, and, and there'll be someone will, someone will lock him down and they'll, have a good receiver on their hands. And it'll probably be Nebraska. 
is what we're looking at here. I remember when I covered his very first high school game as a true freshman. Uh, Did Sean, you? Sean sent me out there and said, hey, keep an eye on this Dave on Hall. 2020, guy. Just, right? Yeah. 2020. See what, see what he's all about. And I think like on the first or second drive, he hits like a 60-yard TD down the sideline. As a freshman. As a freshman. You're just like, whoa. And I yeah. talked to him a little bit afterwards, and he said Xavier Betts was like his role model, you know. And so like there's a lot of similarities there in just the terms of – I think immediate impact that he could have. You saw that those flashes from Betts right away. You know when he first got his taste at Nebraska, and so I mean, if and Nebraska ends up getting him, they have that type of player in Davon Hall. I mean, he's one of those guys that was built for the big stage. He has all the athleticism, all the intangibles, and you know if he can put it all together, I think that could be one of the biggest in-state coups, coups, coups. that uh, Nebraska's gotten in a while. Yeah, and it, he'll put up numbers again this year. They, they, that's an air raid offense at Bellevue West. It, they, they throw the hell out of it. They have some good receivers, but um, you know, I'd say Sean, are, are their three best? Davon Hall, McMorris, and, and that Jermaine Green. Is that their three best? Are you with me? Um, well, they got the the two main McMorris and Hall. That's, I mentioned them, yeah. And then Jermaine Green, and then Keith as well. Oh yeah, yeah. I forgot about yeah, yeah. Kenton Keith's son. Percy yeah, Caprice Keith, Keith. Caprice Keith. Caprice Keith. Yeah. I mean, they've got guys. Um, Omaha South's best linebacker that led the state in tackles. Um, Sheard just tra- transferred there. His dad went to Gross with me. Jason Sheard was his name. And he, I mean, they're getting some other guys in their program. Will Anderson transferred there. I mean, that game against Westside, we're going to be in Boulder, by the way. Uh, that Friday night, those two teams will play. That's going to be an unbelievable high school matchup of the number one versus number two teams. Bellevue West has serious talent at receiver. And McMorris, McMorris actually, his numbers were better than Hall's last year. Yeah, had, McMorris set the record for Class A last year. 90 catches. for In receiving yards. 1,297. That was a Nebraska Class A record. So he's the smaller of the two. He's six foot 190. Perfect slot guy. Perfect slot. He guy. plays basketball, too. I mean, And he plays on the state championship team. I mean, he was a player. So he was at the camp two weekends ago, Nebraska's camp. And at, okay. one, at one point, I think he was a, a late addition to the roster because he wasn't originally expected to be there. Well, anyway, uh, they're going through the workouts and they do a little breakout session to where uh, McMorris is basically running an individual workout with Jeff Sims throwing him passes <laughs> and Daniel Kalen, who wasn't even participating in the camp. Right. He was just there. They're running them through routes. And uh, it seemed like a very productive camp that I think probably accelerated that recruitment quite a bit. Yeah, probably. And he was a guy that was dealing with Oklahoma and USC, mm-hmm. and he was kind of put on the back burner with those pro. I mean, he just never had the green light from either program, mm-hmm. and that's what happens. And Robin, you've seen in basketball, those top programs, you, you find out when there's a spot, they have certain people they want for that spot, and they're not Whoa. going to let you just take their spot until they know the people they have over you tell them no. And let's face it, the receiver position is, it's got to be highly competitive in that recruiting world because there's a lot of them. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, I mean, there's 400 good receivers. Well, there's like 64 stars a year. Yeah, okay. 64 stars. Some, a year. I mean, something crazy like that. It's yeah. like that many per year. It's, right. It's the easiest position to find four star players at. Right. Right. So, I mean, compare that to finding like a D lineman. I mean, it's well, look at it's, tight end. It's night and day. Look at tight end. Tight. That's why people are going to Ainsworth, Nebraska. To recruit Carter Nelson, or they're going to Kansas City to get Jaden Riddell. I mean, the best tight ends happen to be in this part of the country a lot of the years. Interesting, Sean. Where Georgia and Alabama are flying their planes into Ainsworth, driving by Big John's, 
Remember Big John's? I do remember Big John's, yes. Okay, the question I have for you, Sean, is how many of these visitors this weekend are D-Lyman? they got to start getting the bigs. They, 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 they need to start getting bigs. they got one D-Lyman in the class, which sits at 15 right now. One D-Lyman in the 2024 class. He's a, by the way, that's Ashton Murphy, and he weighs 242 pounds. Wow. Now, when are they going to start bringing in some 300-pounders, Sean? Well, they had some guys in the first weekend that came in, and, and that's – I think you got to go back to the June third weekend for Nebraska um, when they had the linemen on campus. I mean, I'm going down the list here to make sure I get all the names. Joseph Anderson is an edge guy that they're waiting on. Okay, um, that it felt like he was going to be a commit. How about an interior? Um, Carlin Jones came in six four two sixty. That's interior. Into, um, you know, it's, it's hard to know where he's at, but he was on that opening weekend. Yes, that's right. Um, but you're right. I mean, I think. That's where the questions remain are those heavier bodies on the front. Now, they got a lot of guys from a year ago, so the, their numbers have kind of cycled better. And Jason Machacek has moved over. They call him uh, Shake Shack, by the way. Shake Shack. <laughs> Shake Shack. Yeah, I noticed he was had a defensive jersey on in the camp, and I should have reported so he, that So he's defense now. Yeah. I mean, so they, they've really Shake Shack. the overall health of those numbers, um, getting um, him and you got Riley Van Poppel, uh, Princewell. Um, right, Princewell. Just say Princewell. You and Malin. Cam Lenhart. Let's find how many different ways we're going to say. Yeah. Like, Megan needs to, like, reel every attempt that we've had. Yeah. Cam Lenhart's in that conversation. Maverick Noonan. Maverick Noonan. There, there's others. Now, I mean, but I don't – you don't want that to become a recurring conversation. They have to, they have to be big in this league. You, you have to be big and strong and tough up front. So that's something to watch. And right now, well, Jacob Smith is another Jacob. Yeah, but Sean, that's edge an edge guy. rusher. I mean, he's coming. I mean, that's not. But that's how many? Okay, how I'm many talking about Malik Collins. I'm not talking about guy coming off. In the a three-three-five, how many of those guys are on the field? Well, you need. I, I mean, I don't know. It depends on what the opponent's doing, Sean. You're not, but you're not in the Big Twelve. This isn't the Air Raid Conference. Okay, so how how many games you got to win with 230-pound edge guys? Answer the question. Yeah. it's – uh, <laughs> you sound like a guy that does a radio show with a defensive coordinator. <laughs> well, we're in the Big Ten. You got to remember what league what league you're in, right? Now you named off a bunch of guys: Maverick, Noonan, Cam, Lenhart, Prince. Well, yeah, those guys. There's a place for them. But on first down against Michigan, is, is is that where you're winning with? To answer your question, though, there are no big bodies coming in other than Ashton Murphy, who's already committed to Nebraska. Um, so I'm just saying. The numbers on the D-line definitely are a question. And I talked to a former player today who, who's – his biggest concern is they're a little light up front. Mm -hmm. Light in numbers. Um, not necessarily light in weight, but light in numbers. And, the, you know, those teams will just – what do you think Minnesota will do if you are a little – if you are a little vulnerable up front? What do you think they're going to do? They're going to try to run it for four yards of carry yeah. and just control call. have seven-minute possessions. Oh, remember that would just madden Scott Frost when like they would just chunk out like those mm -hmm. one possession quarters on Nebraska, oh, yeah. like yeah. one drive in the first quarter, right? So, but and yeah, so that's something out. to watch going forward, Sean. Uh, speaking of size on the lines, Brian Munson mentioned this in his uh, three and out call. Three and out, talking about the height of offensive line recruits and how they're a lot shorter. Than they used to be, and didn't say it was a bad thing one way or another. But what it's, a, it's right a it's a trend with rule and the staff's recruiting that 
they're maybe focusing more on mobility and agility bend. and being able to bend than they are being six foot eight, 320 pounds. Let me tell you this. How has it worked out for Nebraska recruiting a bunch of trees? Yep. Some of the lowest ranked pass pro blocks. Yeah, just look at those tackle grades in the country. Yeah. I just thought it was interesting. Yeah. That was an interesting point, Brian. Those are probably, yeah, those mentioned. are interior guys usually that Brian's talking about, mm-hmm. right? Gibson Pyle's got a little size, but the, but Jake Peters, 6'3. Then who was the other one they brought in, Sean? Um, no. It's okay, but no, that's the thing. Grant the, Bricks is coming in this weekend from Iowa, and that's the number one player in Iowa, 6'6, 280. That's a name to watch. He could play interior or tackle. Um, but I, I don't, like I said, I don't think you need a bunch of 6'10 guys. Like, Rule kind of told me, Rule told me one time, he's like, in the NFL, there are no linemen that are 6'9. Like, you, I think the sweet spot is 6'5 to 6'7. He said what? There's there, no, you don't see linemen in the, in the league that are 6'9. Six, six, nine. Nine, six, nine, yeah. I mean, it's hard to bend and, and move mm-hmm. at a high level mm-hmm. at that point. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, when you're going up against that elite level edge speed, you got to be able to move. Oh, yeah. You can't be, like you said, it can't be a tree no. out there. And so I mean, how many you're seeing times, a shift, I think. How many times have we seen Nebraska's tackles just get drag raced by on yeah. the yeah. edge? They don't even lay a hand on the guy. And it's a simple – we're not talking, like, about exotic really pass sad. moves here. I mean, we're talking no. about just a simple – straight speed rush. Right. Like the Rutgers game. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the Rutgers game, I felt like I was watching two drag racing cars come off the end – for an entire game on Casey Thompson. Casey felt like that, too. I think. And then a bulldozer decided to come up the middle, too. Yeah. I think Casey's nodding if he's watching. Yeah. Yeah. It was like two dudes and then a bulldozer right. up the middle. Yeah, that was great. Brutal. And Casey was getting mummy-wrapped at halftime. Remember, he was late coming yes. out. We didn't even know if he was coming out. Yes. Then he, then he came we were out. concerned he, for his safety at that point. He was like, <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you pull him out just to... Save his life. Yeah. Well, that was a game too. Like Mark Whipple, like couldn't even. Walk. I mean, they used golf carts to get Mark Whipple around. I mean, that was, that was a late night in New Jersey. What a time! The Nissan Titan truck night. <laughs> I think we're gonna go with Titan on that one. You're back to Titan we're now. We're back to Titan. Okay, Ramir. <laughs> yeah, what a season! What All a right. season! When we come back, speaking of seasons, Nebraska softball is gonna have a big one. Wow. Jordan Ball effect. It's in full effect. We're going to talk more about that next. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple, Robin Washett. Before we get into some Jordy Ball talk for Nebraska softball, this segment, Steve Sipple of the Husker Online Show, is brought to you by... Larson Motors in Nebraska City. Sean, if you're looking for a new vehicle, go for a new experience at Larson Motors in Nebraska City. Larson Motors is one of the Midwest's only dealerships with all the major brands in one spot. So, finding your new Chevrolet, GMC, Hummer, Ford, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, or Ram has never been easier. So, start your new experience today at LarsonMotorGroup.com. That's LarsonMotorGroup.com or at Larson Motors in Nebraska City. Larson Motors, real people, real deals. Have you uh, test drove that Hummer yet? I I have not. (laughs) Robin thought that would be a good idea. It might. It's a little, I'm a little more low profile. 
See, the, <laughs> I, I, I warmed up to the Jeep idea. Like, you know, yeah. the, the Rubicon, the, the, the top down. This full midlife crisis yeah. Jeep mode. Just, okay, now we're going to do that, Sean. We're, I'm in a midlife <laughs> crisis. It's blasting hair metal. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Be we'll the dude no the shirt. Col- the guy at the College Jeans. World Series pulling yeah. up in his Jeep at the yeah. tailgate don't party don't. with a bunch of twenty-two-year-old girls getting. Well, hello. I, I do like the jeans. idea. I do like the idea of, of going down to Nebraska City, getting out of the getting out of the rat race a little bit. Yeah. Um, well, real let's people, talk, real people. Let's talk some uh, Nebraska softball. Jordy Ball. Jordy Ball. Or, or as you would say, Jordine Ball. It's a real name. <laughs> Is it Jordine? Do we know that? It might be Jordan. I thought it was always <laughs> Jordan. Just made just... it. <laughs> <laughs> it's J. Okay. Well, let's let's be clear on something. It's J O R D Y N. And Jordan. whenever I read it, I think Jordine. It's kind of like the name Sean. I've had people say Scene. Yeah. I just say, who the hell have you ever met scene. in your life named Scene? I want to know who they are because that name doesn't even exist. I'm it's Jordan Ball. <laughs> Better right. get it right because she's taken over the state. Mm-hmm. And she had her press conference this week. And to kind of put it into perspective, I mean, we, we look at the views that our YouTube channel gets on stuff and keep track mm-hmm. of that stuff. Her video that we posted is going to break over 10,000 views, which, mm-hmm. you know, put it in perspective, like a men's basketball player interview video is lucky to get 1,000. Or, I mean, or a Matt Rule. A Matt Rule video will get over 10,000. 10, yeah. But, you know, her views on this opening press conference and a lot of that's opening you know oklahoma fans okay I and mean, she's a I mean, she's well she was 44 and 2 with a 1.00 era at oklahoma that's not bad two-time all-american more perspective as of tuesday afternoon <laughs> this, is, this is startling to me as of tuesday afternoon 2538 people were on the wait list for softball season tickets that's on the wait list Bullen Stadium seats 2,500. I was going to say, do they even have that many seats? Seats 2,500. The wait list for softball season tickets, 2,538. Perspective. Last season, there were 365 season ticket holders. Now there are are 2,500 on the wait list. If it was legal, Trev Alberts should just write her a check. (laughs) I mean, that's, it's almost it's pretty, yeah, pretty much, much legal. <laughs> you can find a way to do that. Right. A lot of other people are going to be writing her checks. Though. I mean, I, I saw that she's got a, a signing appearance already set up. And, I mean, what a home run this is appearing to be for the Nebraska Athletic Department, for Jordan Ball and her family. Um, and, and she's more than a pitcher, guys. I mean, she can hit, play the yeah. field. I mean, she's not just a pitcher. Mainly a pitcher, though. And she's um, – here's the other beauty about Jordan Ball. Here's the beauty. And we talk about this in football. We talk about in basketball. We talk about it. She wants to be a Husker. Like she always wanted to. Yeah, mm-hmm. she had. She was homesick, and she was homesick her first year at Oklahoma. And she thought it would get better. I watched her press conference. She thought it would get better. It didn't. It got worse in the second year. And I, she said something really. I mean, she said a lot of things that were pretty intelligent. One of them was, in order to be the best player she could be, she almost she wanted to feel good about everything. And coming home, she'll feel better about everything. Now, which, which begs the question, can she raise her game to another level? Mm-hmm. I mean, she struck out. <laughs> this really gets your attention. She had 397 strikeouts in 288 innings. Okay, she's striking out one point, oh, one and a half players per inning almost. That's insane. Yeah, that's insane. I mean, 
So when we're, we talk about her in such glowing terms, we're not talking about like ba- we're not basing anything on projection. We're basing on what proven. she's <laughs> what she's proven done at the highest level. Yeah, what she's done. Like for, sometimes you don't even need an offense around you if you have that kind of pitcher. <laughs> yeah, Ronda will will not. Hopefully, she won't take that mindset too far. No, but like but, you could win a lot of one nothing games. Yeah, yeah, you can. And you know, we obviously her as a player is a huge deal, but just the the ripple effect. And we talked about this a little bit last week, but just having her on board, what that does for Nebraska softball mm-hmm. as a program. You just talked about the season ticket sales. Yeah. Apparently, Ronda Ron Ravel's already met with Trev Alberts about expanding the stadium. Stadium. I yeah. mean, just, just one player is yeah. going to make the stadium bigger because they can't accommodate the number of fans that are interested. It's like a 30 for 30. I mean, the, the story yeah. right now. I mean, it really is. I mean, she's already had Jordy Ball Day uh, at the Omaha Storm Chasers up at uh, Warner Park. I mean, like, she hasn't even thrown a pitch in practice yet, and she's having <laughs> Jordy Ball Day at a well, minor when, league baseball game. I, I think when they play that volleyball match in the stadium, and I don't know if they'll do this or not, 91,000 people, they need to you – know, that, that will be kind of the first opportunity because yeah. that's the first sporting event yeah. in Lincoln yeah. since all this happened. Perfect stage – Female sporting event. Yeah. You need Nate Roar just to be like, let's welcome back. Shorty <laughs> Boy. And just a full crazy Nate Roar, third down. It's hurt. I think you're right. It, it, it would almost seem Nate, odd you, if I know they you're didn't. Catch, I want you to do that, Nate, if you can pull Please this do. off. He's, they, he's all about it. They should do it. They should do it. Now, now again, I know I did this the last time, but, God, when, I, when we have these conversations, I just think – I hope she – sort of has a sense of humor about all this because the pressure seems enormous. Yeah, you think, about, mean, think about Scott Frost. Yeah. Like, coming home. Yes. I mean, this is, you know, like... It has that feel. Like, it can't miss. All right? Now, but you guys cover athletics. You cover it at a high level. You know how athletics is. There's no guarantees. No guarantees yeah. for anybody. surrounded by some really good players at Oklahoma. Yeah. Now, is that how much of the drop-off is there going to be right. between Oklahoma's roster and Nebraska's? Or sometimes, you know... Maybe not. Maybe she has a little personal slump or something. I mean, they're just and I and we're all doing it. We're all kind of contributing to this. I say it's pressure. Maybe she would say it's not pressure. I think it's definitely pressure. She's been the best. I mean, think about high school. Like she took the Nebraska club team, Nebraska gold team, whatever their name was, and they won the national title. Yeah, a group of Nebraska high school girls won the high school national like AAU title. Yeah. I mean, that's the type of player she is. She elevated that group of Nebraska girls to win the thing in the whole country, a state of less than 2 million people. Yeah, I'm kind of being a snowflake here. Um, you she, always have to be kind of the – I get it. That's your shtick. Yeah. What's we got to be careful here. Yeah, you got to be careful here. The pump the brakes guy, the yeah, Jordine well, Ball guy, yeah, the I, Ramir Johnson guy, well, the Nissan Teton guy. <laughs> You're the one Sheesh. who had problems with the Titan today. <laughs> You called it the Nissan Teeth. <laughs> now, she's probably a badass and can handle everything. Look at her tattoo. She has a Nebraska tattoo. And she has a pendant of that has the state of Nebraska on it, too. She loves Nebraska. This is a, this is a 30 for 30. She just loves it. She wanted, she wanted to be here. I mean, for that alone, for that reason alone, I gravitate toward the story. When I heard her talking about just how much she loves the state, and she always wanted to represent the state, even when she was in Oklahoma, and now she gets the chance to represent her state in this form. How can you not cheer for that? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's, it's extraordinary. We always beg for football players, God, do they want to be here? 
I mean, do they want to be here? Do they care about being here? You know, yeah. what's it mean to them? And to a much lesser extent, it's kind of like Sam Griesel, where you yeah. got a hometown kid that came back home. He was Great. all about the yeah. program, 100. grew up loving Nebraska basketball. A first and you, you saw the, the impact that had in mm-hmm. the culture. And yeah. so the, to your point, you know, I, God, I don't, think that, I don't think that this is going to be too big for her. But at Oklahoma, she was a significant piece to their program. At Nebraska, she is the piece. <laughs> and there's would no, be, there's you know what no would be nice? Yet. You know what would be nice? If they if one of the recruits they get is a is a is a a big time hitter, you know, someone who's cranked home runs and someone who's very high profile that can take a little, you know, Someone who, who you look at and go, oh, man, yeah, that's a good player, too, you know. Or the second pitcher, because you can't just have – you need more than one. Yeah, right. that would be good, too, if they get another high-profile well, pitcher. That's what we talked about with the domino, though, of getting mm-hmm. her. You know, what? how many doors does that open for Nebraska to high-level transfers, yeah. to elite-level recruits? You, that, wouldn't you love to see another high-level transfer? Yeah. That, Someone that's been there, done that, to where, yeah. you know, it could still be Ball's team, but mm-hmm. she's not on an island out there. Right. 100. All right. That was for you. We got two in there. We got two 100s yeah, that was in for there. you, Sean. Uh, when we come back, we're going to bring in Grant Hansen via remote for the mailbag. He's stepping in for Abby Hansen or Abby Barmore. They're not married. Are they married? They're not married. Sorry. Is there something I missed here? news here? <laughs> Abby Barmore. Do they have a child? <laughs> when we come back, mailbag time. You're listening to the Oscar Online Show. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple, Robin Washett. Time for the mailbag and stepping in for Abby Barmore. I call her Abby Hansen by mistake, but let's welcome in Grant Hansen, who is on his college break right now, one of our great Husker Online intern. Uh, are you working out of your parents' basement, Grant? Yes, 100%. True it RSS form. Seldom used. Seldom used. So I was like, well, I might as well make it a set piece for the Husker Online show for a moment. Well, what do you got in the mailbag? Uh, where where do you want to start us off at? Yeah, so out of the top three in men's sports, your football, basketball, and baseball, who's going to have the most improved season next year? Of the top three men's sports. Most improved? They all Fo- theoretically should. They should. Yeah, pretty low bars across the board there. <laughs> I mean, you got a baseball. Football's got a very manageable schedule. That's yeah. The thing Football needs to, to get first. six, if not seven. And basketball intently scheduled very light in its non-con, and they bring back a good core, so they should be improved. I would say baseball's the most – Grant can help us with this because he covers baseball. Baseball's the most unpredictable because we don't really have a great handle on the roster, right, Grant? Yeah, I think – I mentioned in Tunnel Talk, I think, last week, but – Last year, they finished with 46 players on the roster. Now you need to cut down to 40. As of now, they're at like 42, I think, uh, with a strong shot at a 2023 who just got out of his uh, national letter of intent. So that would bring them to 43 with probably like a month and a half of active recruiting left. I mean, they could end the, be ready by fall with like 50-plus players on that roster. Uh, it's going to be like last year, but even more, I think, in terms of the size. I'm going with football, football. because because of the because of the schedule, but also because what they have returning and because of what they brought in, namely Jeff Sims. But there's a lot of if you look at the defense, there's a lot of talent back there. 
I, I get it. They're Can four they structure it right is the question. Right. I mean, there's a listen, that's a good defensive backfield. Mm-hmm. They have a good secondary. Mm-hmm. Dudes in the secondary. Are they, do they have enough up front is, is going to be the ongoing question. But I think – and then on the other side, on the flip side, you have Sims. You have all your offensive line coming back. You guys like the running backs. I like the running backs. Receivers, I like them when you add Fedonian to that, you know, the tight end, Thomas Fedonian to that discussion if you count him. Um, I think they – yeah, I, I, I think they'll be the – I think the football team will be the most improved. Right. I think basketball too. Do you? I, I got. A, I got a feeling they're gonna. They're gonna make a jump. And again, the bar's very low, so it's all relative. But they. You. You think it's a better than five hundred team? I do. I well, do. I, I like of, because I like of their, their schedule. The thing I'll, you'll have to look at as we go forward. I really like what they. What the way Fred set up the offense with all the shooters. Do they? Are they gonna play defense? You know, yeah. like they did last year. They played defense last year. They did. It was good defense mm-hmm. almost all year. Will that? Will we see that again? All right, what do you got next, Grant? Vegas has Nebraska's win total at six and a half. Is six wins a successful season in your eyes? I think you have to say it is because of where the program's been. I mean, Nebraska right now is not in a position to scoff at six wins because they have not gotten six wins since 2016. I mean, you think about what, how many years ago that, guys, we're in 2023. Oh, no. I'm fully aware, Rob. Yes, I think it has to be because that's the first step in rebuilding this program is getting to that 500 and beyond mark. So if you get to 500 with six wins and you go to a bowl and you snap that bowl-less streak, that's a step forward. And that Is, is that, that is, a successful season? I mean, maybe not for some that want 10 wins and a Big Ten title every year, but I think if you're being realistic about what Nebraska football is right now, to make that jump from a losing program for the last, what, five, six years uh, to get to 500, go to a bowl game, have a postseason, yes, that is successful. I grudgingly agree. I hate, yeah, I don't like it. I hate, <laughs> but I'm I just hate, being real. I hate the conversation, especially as an old. Yep. And I, as an old who remembers distinctly the, the crowd that used to yell at me, we will never, we will never lessen our standards well we have here we are yeah <laughs> clearly we have we all right what do you have next grant gonna shift gears and go to a hot topic in the recruiting realm lately uh, of the recent under the radar commits who are you the most excited about mm. who okay um that's a good question uh, the one that intrigues me i guess is braylon prude because I, I just don't think people know much about him, but athletically, he jumps off the page. 6'5", 190. And he runs a sub-50 in the 400. 49.86. 49.86. So I'm going to say Braylon Prude um, is, is probably the one. I mean, Camden Cook is a punter, too. I mean, nobody knew his name until he committed in Nebraska, for that matter. So the, I think that that is intriguing to me that the son of Sam Cook is now going to be a scholarship punter at Nebraska. Now, I haven't seen really many of these guys, right. uh, hardly any of them, in person. But the one that I have seen was Jake Peters. Okay. Because he was at that That's camp. who I was going to you name. You thought it was Tyson Terry. Yeah, I mean, he, he looked like a guy. I That's was like, what I was going to name. Why do you say that? Well, he just had that – he had 
a Big Ten look to him. I mean, oh, he, yeah. he's, he looks like a guy that Iowa would get. An un, under-the-radar, no-star recruit that ends up being an all-Big Ten level player that mm-hmm. in three or four years down the road. So immediate impact, uh, you know, might have to wait on that. But I think long-term, he could be a guy to keep an eye on. And he's from yeah. Cedar Falls. Absolutely. That's the one I was, I, I'd Cedar. say I'm most intrigued by. Peters, because of kind of what he said, um, the way he gets after you on tape. He's a very just looks like one of those Big Ten Iowa, Wisconsin, Minnesota offensive linemen. Your dad, Rob, I'm gonna send him to a game this year for us. Rob, Robin's dad lives in Cedar Falls. You know what's funny? I was in Cedar Falls visiting my dad when Peters committed. I should have just drove over. You could have wrote the whole trip. I could have had an in-person interview. (laughs) Missed opportunity. Right, <laughs> would have freaked him out, and yeah. maybe it hey, maybe would have dissuaded him from coming here. Actually, because <laughs> he, he, he <laughs> we did that once a, changing my commitment. <laughs> there was a receiver on a, on a bowl trip in Orlando. I yeah. remember that, and ended up not coming, but he was committed. And like we went to his house. Oh boy, Greg and I, and it wasn't like a really good situation, and. Like they were, they were, they were, they were, he was guarded about letting, so we like did the interview like out near the street in the driveway. That's okay. And we just did it and we left. It was yeah, like, I'd be guarded too if two strangers month, showed up at my yeah. house. And then about a month later, he switched to Auburn. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, Sean cost him a recruit. Yep, single handedly. All right, we have time for two quick ones. What do you have left, Grant? Uh, who has higher expectations going to next year? Will Bolt's team or Fred Hoiberg's? <clears throat> Hoiberg. I mean, it's do or die for them. Like they got to get, they got to get not only to the postseason, they got to push for the NCAA tournament, and they have the roster to do it. They have the schedule to do it. I think it's it's all on the table right now, and I think I, everybody there knows it. Yeah, like it, it's year five. Mm-hmm. The time is now. Yeah, baseball just has got to figure out how to beat Summit League teams. I mean, <laughs> I mean, they win those games during the middle of the week. They're probably in the tournament yeah. this year. I mean, they're they're path to get back is not unattainable no like, of course it's not it's i mean it's manageable and, yeah, it and will be. bolt knows it and rob childress knows it i mean they, they know what they're doing and i i think baseball is gonna get i mean basketball is the one though that really intrigues me i think grant would agree well i don't i don't want to yes. put i don't want to put no, words I just, in grant's I mouth. <laughs> but i guarantee a will bolt would agree there's no way the part of the plan was we're going to miss the NCAA tournament two straight years and be okay with it. That's <laughs> no, it's not okay. There's nothing okay about it. So get in the NCAA tournament. And if you don't, I'm not drawing lines in the sand here, but if you don't, you got to really take a good look at it. I mean, you, three straight non-NCAA tournament seasons, that's not what anybody, anybody would have expected or signed up for. Yeah, compare that to basketball, though. I think you, there's not even close to – judging the pressure on both programs. It's yeah. all on basketball. That's, and that's a good pressure. It, it is. That's where it we, should be. Yeah, it's, yeah. that's where it should be at Nebraska. All right. Final question, Grant Hansen. All right. We're in the middle of the CWS. What's your favorite memory of attending the CWS? Well, okay. I, I've got kind of a built-in advantage. I grew up in Omaha. Omaha guy. With season tickets. Future mayor. <laughs> with season tickets. <laughs> <laughs> I worked at Rosenblatt for my first job. What did you do there in your first job? Usher. You were an usher? Yes. I'll be The late Stan Bennis um, was in charge of all that stuff, and his daughter went to my high school. So a lot of gross high kids worked at the stadium. And, I mean, the the job that everybody wanted was grounds crew because you got all the the gear and you got to work like so many hours. Like the grounds crew guys would stay the night. 
Oh, is that right? You know, because, you know, to get the field ready to go. But I was in the stadium for the Warren Morris home run. Okay. The walk-off to beat Miami. I mean, how can how, that game was a nationally televised winner-take-all okay. championship game on CBS at noon on mm-hmm. a Saturday. Beautiful baseball. And then, uh, honestly, I, and I know the Nebraska people won't like me saying this, but when Creighton made it in 91, that changed the whole event. It really did. Um, because at that point, it, I was, remember. it was unthinkable mm-hmm. for a Nebraska team to play in the CWS. Mm-hmm. Unthinkable. Yeah. And they not only got there, they were – a hair's length away from getting to the championship and playing LSU. But I'll never forget the atmosphere for those Creighton games against Clemson. The first one they won when uh, I believe it was Steve Hitton, the right fielder, made a diving catch in the rocks, and the place just blew up. They beat Clemson. What was the guy's name? Um, Steve Hitton. God dang, Sean. They had a guy named Scott Stahoviak. Freak memory. Jim yes, Jehoviak was on that. Jim team Hendry sure. was the coach. Yeah, Jim Hendry and, was legendary. Oh, Jim Hendry, and he he Went lives to the Cubs. He lives in Omaha still to this day. And after they won that first game, he showed up to Paulie's Bar in Omaha in his uniform and oh, like God, celebrated and drink and had drinks. Ooh, at that's Paul's. some Omaha lore. That's some serious. I mean, Tom, Omaha that's history. like Tom Chattel gold right there. Yeah, that's serious Omaha history. That is serious. Omaha history. And Paulie's became legendary over the course of the. He went in his uniform. Yes. Jim Henry, who became, I think, the general manager of the Cubs. Correct. Is and that he's right? now the assistant to Brian Cashman for the Yankees. Lives oh. on Shadow Ridge Golf Course. I, he, he know, I mean, he watches our, my stuff on Channel 7. I almost was like, God, Jim Henry knows who I am. He watches my – I mean, I grew up watching this guy. Legendary figure. Coach Creighton to the CWS. And, uh, but then they lost to Wichita State um, twice. Wichita State beat Creighton that year like seven times. It was hmm. crazy. I guess my memory would have been George W. Bush. Um, come up to the press box. He I was, shook his hand. Yeah, he was. What year was that? Uh, the O two was he? Yeah, it must or have been the O two. two. It must have been the O two. But he was. I mean, he was in the press box, and I was writing. He was right behind me. I or mean, was it? Was it post or pre nine eleven? Well, it was O two. Yeah, it was. It was pre. It might have been O one. Okay, I, I think it was O one. It was had to be. It had to be pre-9-11. Pre, yeah, it was the 0-1 series. It had to be pre The first game that Nebraska played in the World Series, Yeah, Bush was there. I, went, I think that's how it played out, right? That's, that's probably my greatest memory. I hadn't thought about it, so I don't know. I haven't pinpointed the year. But, but whenever Bush was there, that was, I, I thought it was extraordinary. Mine has to be 2005 when Nebraska made it. I covered that team for the Daily Nebraskan, so it was kind of like the – year-end culmination Alex of the Gordon, Alex Gordon job Chamberlain. Chamberlain. And specifically when they beat Arizona State in the first round, uh, Jabo just dominating, you know, 5-3 win. And uh, just the scene there, like how many oh, Nebraska yes. fans, they flooded that stadium. Yeah, it was an incredible right, scene I'm in Rosenblatt. right now. Yeah, and they obviously lost their next two, but that moment on June seventeenth, two 2005, uh, to see Nebraska on that stage and get a win like that with Job on the mound, like th- that was like the pinnacle of Nebraska. I am baseball. literally getting chills right now thinking about. It. I was there too. Who was on that team besides Job and Alex Gordon? Dunzing, Alex Gordon. Dunzing, yeah. Johnny Dunzing. Dorn, Joseph Mikaitis, Jake Jeez. Opitz. Yeah, that's a crazy. Good Daniel team. Bruce. Yeah, that's a Who crazy. The, uh, good Jesse team. Boyer. Jesse Boyer, Jesse Boyer, center fielder. Those guys had some fun back in the day. I mean, <laughs> I mean but the big one was Alex. I mean, what defined that team to me was Alex. Oh, yeah. He, he was, was such a, a rock. He was yeah. a face. Oh. And he was a rock. 
I mean, you, you knew what you knew. Alex was going to be there. There I were mean, pros on that team yeah. up and down the roster. Yeah. Tony Watson. Oh God, yeah, they had Watson. So they had, they Did you had, say Johnny Dorn already? Yeah, they had yeah. Watson, Dorn, and Jabba. <laughs> Dorn, was a, Dorn was just and a Dunsing. freshman. And Dunsing. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, Dorn was throwing like the midweek games against yeah. South Dakota State. Yeah. A little different there. A little different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, I mean, it's just. That's a little different. Yeah. Well, you want to talk about Nebraska's problem right now? They don't have a Johnny Dorn. <clears throat> you know? I mean, they don't like even that, have a Johnny Dorn. Yeah, like, at all. Midweek. I mean, so, I mean Johnny two, was a midweek guy. Like, th- those were like guaranteed victories yeah. when Johnny Dorn was on the mound against those little throwaway. Well, maybe not throwaway. Are you sure but he's midweek? Those, those mid, well, he was, their, he was their number two starter. As a he? freshman? Uh, he eventually on that team? was. Did they have Tony Watson on that team? And did they have Dunzing, though? They did have Watson. I can't remember what their – He was not – I forgot what Johnny the Dorn was. was not yeah, a, I don't remember. Johnny that. Dorn was not ahead of Dunzing and Watson. Okay. At any point? Those those three guys were all Major League Baseball pitchers. Yeah, I don't remember. Johnny Dorn never made the pros. Okay. He was really good that year, though. Well, I mean, Don, he went on to be a really good Friday guy in the league, Saturday guy in the league. But as a freshman, I don't think he was the third guy. Ridiculous talent, though. What we're talking about is a talent. I mean, that is ridiculous talent. All right, well – we could go a whole other segment on this. It was a lot of fun. Grant, yeah. we appreciate you stepping in and, and Good job, Grant. Gave you a little history lesson there. <clears throat> yeah, no, that was pretty cool. I honestly I think the history lessons, whether it be on something like this or uh, Nebraska football, are probably the most underrated part of the podcast, to be honest, I think. Wow. It's happens you got a bunch of old guys. That was a nice compliment, Grant. <laughs> Well, gentlemen, we come back. We'll close the show uh, with some basketball thoughts. A seven-footer visited campus. Robin Washett will give us the latest on that next. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. Final segment here of the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple, Robin Washett flashing back at um, talking some baseball. And Robin, you pulled up. What, 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 okay. I was wrong on Tony Watson. And, and yeah, then. he was on the team. I, he just wasn't part of their core rotation. Um, it was Chamberlain, Dorn, and then Dunsing. You think it was Job on Friday? Yeah, Job was for sure the Friday. Dunsing on Saturday? I want to say Dorn was their Saturday. Dorn Saturday. Guy. And then Dunsing I was, was wrong. Sunday guy. Yeah, I was thinking Dorn was Dorn was Sunday. a all, third team All American. As a freshman. As a freshman. Out of Grand Island, Nebraska. He was the Saturday. He was 12 and 2. Okay. We think he was the Saturday guy. I believe so. But again, it might have fluctuated, given that he was a freshman. But twenty years ago, twenty years ago, yeah, close. For, forgive my hazy memory. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, basketball. Robin had a big week. Um, recruiting's kind of back rolling again. Coaches are bringing guys on campus. You reported the news of a seven-footer visiting campus this week, not for the next year, for this upcoming season as a twenty twenty-three. What's the latest? Yeah, transfer. Um, from Washington State, pretty sure I have this right. Adrame Diongue okay. from um, the Senegal. Yeah, from Senegal, and like I said, seven foot, uh, seven foot six wingspan. Uh, former four star recruit who was the number seven seventy five player in the two thousand twenty two on three consensus rankings. So, uh, a guy that uh, comes with a lot of acclaim, even though he didn't do much. Uh, during his true freshman year at Washington State, he played in 23 games, but only averaged 1.3 points, 1.8 rebounds, and only played 6.3 minutes per game. So a guy that just really never got it going at all 
up in Pullman. So he hits the transfer portal, uh, and Nebraska was able to get his third official visit. He's seen um, San Jose State, 10 miles, uh, and then New Mexico State. And so Nebraska's his third visit. And we'll see if he takes another one um, from here. Uh, I think that the issue with him is going to be does he want to play right away and be uh, a fixture in the lineup next season, or does he want to be a developmental guy? I think if he uh, chooses the latter, he makes total sense for Nebraska. But he's not going to come to Nebraska next season and push for a starting job. He might not even push for a spot in the rotation, just given how, given how raw he is. He's only been playing basketball, organized basketball, for four years. Kind of one of those guys that grew up playing soccer and um, those – uh, NBA developmental camps uh, out in Africa kind of found him and he got going that way and uh, kind of skyrocketed from there. So we'll see. Um, I think Nebraska had a great visit with him. Uh, you know, I think they laid it all out for how he would fit. He, he fits a role that Nebraska doesn't have on their roster in that big, long, athletic, rim running big. Um, you know, they got their. So you wouldn't say Blaze is that guy. No. Blaze K. Blaze is not running the rim. At all, no. He's a no back. Guy. To, he's a back to the basket okay. traditional center. This is a a guy that rim runner. Yeah, I mean, just freak athlete, which is why, despite being so raw, was so highly regarded coming out uh, of Arizona Compass, uh, coming out of high school. So um, to be determined on that, but definitely one to watch. But again, I think it's ultimately going to come down to what he wants his role to be at his next stop. Does he want to be immediate impact? If so, then he's probably not coming to Nebraska. Yeah, New Mexico State would be it would be very curious to me if you would choose a program that ended its season prematurely last year because they had a they had a they had a big legal issue. They're a mess. Yeah, they were a mess. And if you read it, it would, you don't even, I wouldn't even read it out loud. It, I mean, it was it was a mess. Um, was Teddy they, Allen still playing for no, them last year? No, he, he was, was long gone. No, no, Rob. No, no, Sean, he was long gone. He was long gone. No, the year before he played. Was it the year before? But he was gone. He wasn't there last year. I can tell you that. Maybe he found another waiver to keep playing. Right? But this guy's interesting to me because they don't, you don't need him to score. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, you and, and defense is kind of his thing. When you're that long, you're yeah. going to block a lot of shots. And so yeah, You can you know, run he, like that. He gives them the offensive athleticism yeah. to, to get to the rim. You know, perfect lob guy, you know, yeah. that type of thing. But then defensively, that's, that's where he kind of hangs his hat. There's a quote from him um, that on three's Jamie Shaw got after he committed to Washington State where he says, I run the floor well, grab rebounds, and block everything. He says he watches a ton of Kevin Garnett. So that's the ideal picture of of what he thinks he could be. Robin, 2025 in-state. Obviously, Nebraska was quick on what appears to be the top names now in the state. A lot of these guys, though, are blowing up for 2025. Yeah, Mari Bynum uh, from Omaha, Brian, is maybe one of the most coveted prospects in the state right now. He picked up Iowa State, Iowa. um, Creighton. Wake Forest, Creighton. Uh, Nebraska was his first offer, though. So credit to Nate Lenzer, um, who's basically handling Nebraska's in-state recruiting, for getting out on that one. Same thing with uh, Brandon Brandon Frager uh, from Lincoln Southwest. Uh, He's also picked up some – I think he got Iowa and Creighton as well shortly after Nebraska was his first offer. So for all the knock over the years about how Nebraska hates recruiting in-state players and all that stuff, that narrative has changed in a big way to where they are – out in front of everybody really? and, and these kids that, that are emerging into high-level prospects. So 25, there's some talk that the 25 class might rival 21 
you know, that year with Hunter and Chucky, uh, Chucky Hepburn and all those guys, uh, that, that it might be a better class top to bottom than what the 21 class was. And that's not even to mention Chuck Love, who is going to be playing at Northeast this year. So Lincoln he's Northeast. at Lincoln Northeast. Yeah, he transferred. Oh, he transferred. Yep. Okay. Well, that, they were my old, that, that's quite a drive from where and, I used and, to and live. And here's an interesting, old neighbors interesting that. nugget that they, uh, so the, this past week was the first point where coaches could contact 25 recruits. They call them and do all that sort of thing. Uh, Nebraska did not contact Chuck Love Jr. Did any other players transfer to Northeast in the city? Not that I know of. I mean, hmm. I can't say one way or the other, but I know that was. I wonder why. Yeah, you think about a team with Frager and Love, two major recruits, why you wouldn't want to kind of keep that band together. Yeah. Uh, one ball. Yeah, Maybe. yeah. I like that's probably what it comes down to. Where you know, there's no sharing going on over there now. So we'll see. Hmm. It's a lot. I mean, there's a lot of athletic. Tim, you got Jabba Chamberlain's son on that team. You got Tim Carpenter's what's, son. What's Southwest. Carter Chamberlain? I know, but what? Uh, Southwest. Lincoln Southwest. Okay. okay. Timmy Carpenter's boy Jackson. I mean, there, there's some athletic talent at Lincoln hmm. Southwest right now. They got a lot yeah. of. That was just a theory, by the way. The one, the one ball. I don't know anything. Yeah. Chuck so, Love Jr. is a high volume. I mean, yeah. He's, what was the guy that was at North Star a couple years ago? Donovan Williams. He's going to be like that kind of player, right, where he's going to take 20-plus yeah. shots every but game. But he's blowing up in his own right. Like, so he's going to have plenty of high major options uh, to, to choose from. But it looks like there's you know, some questions if Nebraska would recruit him considering the, the fallout that his father had at Nebraska. And it seems like the, there's not much movement going on. So there. all these top Nebraska kids, they're playing for Mocan on the EYBL for the most part. Uh, yeah, it's Frager on the the local team though, or is he on the Mocan team? So they kind of they rotate a lot, but yes. Uh, so the, you know the the Supreme pro- program is still getting some of them in, in various tournaments, but you know they they fluctuate. Let's say that. But Mocan's got kind of has like a that's the Kansas City area Nike EYBL yeah, so team. So Bynum's on there for sure. Um, love and then love. I think Frager too, and then there's the ETG program so anyway i know we're short on time here uh with nebraska's recruiting so they have two open scholarships obviously yes. uh Gay, uh it was one official visitor there was some rumblings that paul mckay the rutgers transfer uh, nebraska held multiple zoom meetings with him uh he narrowed down his final four nebraska didn't make the cut so turn the page on that one and so now we're just kind of waiting and seeing i do know that nebraska is not feeling any rush to fill these spots even with the spain trip looming they're not going to just take a guy they're still waiting to see if some guys could graduate and become immediate uh immediate eligible grad transfers so still plenty of time for those two spots to be filled and nebraska is not going to panic all right lots to keep up on thank you robin for that great breakdown of husker basketball make sure you're on huskerline.com uh it's gonna be a very busy weekend of recruiting coverage uh for steve sipple robin washett i'm sean callahan Thanks again for joining us this week on Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics.